The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. Just recently, we celebrated Veterans Day. We are so thankful in this country for the freedoms that we have because of the men and women that fight to keep them, right? And today we have Brandon Wilson. He is with ABCCM, otherwise known as Asheville Buncombe Community Christian Mission. He is their chief operating officer. Brandon, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Braxton. So we're going to talk about veterans and the kind of support that we can have for veterans as a community, how we can help them and their families when they come back. First, though, I want to hear from you. Tell me about your passion, your you know desire to help veterans and where that kind of started and how that's working now for what you're doing with ABCCM. Yeah, I think it, uh, it started uh, at an early age. My grandfather both served in the Army Air Corps. My dad served in the Air Force and— um, a good friend of mine was killed in Afghanistan uh, during the first part of that war, and it prompted me to serve my country. So I did some time in the Marine Corps, uh, and when I got out of the Marine Corps, a uh, uh, service officer come over to me and was like, hey, do you want a job? And I still wasn't figuring out where I fit in. I was still struggling with my own transition out of the military into civilian life, and I was really fortunate that I found a, a passion of serving my brothers and sisters. And so... Uh, that sort of started my career in the veteran space. And uh, I was really blessed to be in there. And I felt like God had called me to do those things. And uh, as a service officer in Haywood County for a while, I was really helping veterans with their benefits. Uh, during that time, uh, a man that I served with, Corey Hafner, uh, served with an Iraq. Uh, it took his life. And uh, really, it really shook me to my core because Corey was this man that was full of energy, uh, young, a good Christian man. He was really active in his church, getting ready to go on his seventh missionary trip with his church. Uh, and nobody saw the signs. Nobody read in between the lines. Uh, and he was found in the prayer garden where he had took his life that he had built with his church. And so it really shifted my way of thinking outside of helping veterans with just their disability compensation and health care into, into really considering and thinking about how we can help more veterans transition back into uh, civilian life yeah. effectively because there's more than just the disability compensation and more than just health care. It's a lot more that it's about being fitting back into the community where it's at. And I think that's where a lot of veterans struggle. You know, a lot of veterans will wear a hat, a shirt that kind of tells you what branch they were a part of. That way, when you're in the grocery store, a great way, obviously, to encourage them is say, hey, thank you for your service. Yes. That's surface level, though. Yes. But veterans are everywhere, and they don't always wear the gear. Just some of them do. Yeah. And so as you learn of veterans, maybe they're a neighbor, a coworker, somebody else mm -hmm. that you have a relationship with, what are some of the signs, maybe, Brandon, that you could share that people can be intentional about just to any veteran? And, yeah. and like you said, your friend didn't really have a lot of those signs. Or, or if they did, people weren't really digging deep into what they were about because you just never expected them. So what can people kind of look for if they know a veteran or have a good relationship and be intentional in that way? Well, I think intentional is a big part of what, what, what you just mentioned there, is me having intentionality when talking to, to really anybody, much less than the veterans. I think what's happened in, in society over the last 20 years is we all know that we, we've heard that 22 veterans take take their lives a day in this country. Uh, we now know that we've gotten that down to at, at the lowest peak, 17 this past year. Um, but that, that stigma that's placed on those veterans, I think oftentimes is misconstrued with just transition. 
Because when somebody transitions from something they're a part of, whether it be a job, whether it be a church, whether it be the military, which is like the ultimate fraternity or sorority that's out there for our men and women, they have this closeness. And when they leave that closeness into an economy today that is more economically, religiously, politically divided, where do they fit into mm-hmm. that? So some of those symptoms of transition include isolation and includes depression and includes uncertainty, anxiety, uh, which also can lead to substance use and really exasperate maybe some of the traumatic events that may or may not have happened to them in service. And so knowing those those things that exist, we oftentimes put that as being post-traumatic stress or anxiety or depression. When in reality, it's just where, how do I fit back into this world that I'm not familiar with anymore? Because the military was this close-knit group of individuals that didn't have to worry about politics or religion or, or dollars. It, it, was, it was a family that had an in-state, a mission in mind that they were all going toward. And so all that other stuff didn't matter. So really knowing those symptoms and seeing individuals that sit in the back of the room or need to be sitting with their back uh, against the wall so they can see, people who are very quiet or isolated, people who are very risky in their behaviors now more than they used to be. Right. Uh, nothing exceeds like excess and people talk about addiction, but people who come back and I'm guilty of this, I work a lot, but if you work too much, that's your bound, your life is not going to be balanced. So Mm -hmm. you look for things and we have modalities and trainings that teach these kinds of things uh, that I know we may talk about in a minute, but I think just having that conversation, yeah, having that genuine conversation of saying, Hey, thank you for your service. How are you doing in your transition? What are you doing now? And having that open dialogue and conversation. Taking it beyond just the thank you. Taking it beyond the thank you. Actually being asking them how their transition is going. Yeah. What are you doing today? How is your military service supporting what you're doing today? Right. Because um, I think a lot of veterans underestimate their value in society. Uh, and I think society undervalues veterans in the same token. So we have to be able to, to mesh those two together and give that confidence back to the veteran. But then having the the workplace and the economy see that for what it could be. Yeah, and maybe even trying to ask questions along the lines of, what can I do? Can I help you in any way? Can I have you over for dinner? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the number one thing you can do, the number one thing anybody can do, and we teach this in our peer support classes, is to just listen. Sometimes just being present, asking a question, and letting that awkward silence just sit, right? Because we know that oftentimes just being present is enough to know that you care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that oftentimes we want to be quick to answer. We want to be quick to speak. And, you know, sometimes the Bible even tells us, you know, just sit, be present, and, and things will, will, get, will turn. So you've talked a little about the classes, the training, the things you do for veterans, but tell me a little more. Talk some about uh, the kind of things you do to help with veterans, with PTSD, and you're talking about the suicide rate going down from 22 to 17. That's a great number to see. What kind of things are you guys doing to try and help proactively? Well, I think it's it's a lot of things, but I think a common thing that we look at is being able to provide community-wide training. Um, our veterans sort of understand each other a little bit more than somebody who didn't serve. And so although there is some competency trainings that we do with our veterans that we hire or organizations that have veterans that we partner with. But it's really about educating the community more on a cultural competency level. And I like to, to say not cultural competency, I like to say cultural inclusivity, right? Because that's really what it's about. Knowing something is one thing, but then 
implementing it's another. Yeah. Um, but we do a lot of trainings that reduce some of this stigma, uh, have a better understanding, not only at a cultural piece, but at a mental health level as well. And so understanding the risk, understanding uh, the symptoms, the behaviors, and knowing where the resources are at. So we train in things like mental health first aid, which is a two-day training that we take, uh, that we offer to the community at free and at no cost to organizations. It's a two-day training. It's a little bit more intense. We have a Reader's Digest version of that called QPR, Question, Persuade, Refer, which is about an hour and a half long uh, training, which is a little bit more digestible for a lot of organizations that have a lot going on. Um, we also do motivational interviewing. Uh, we work with a great partner here in, in Buncombe County and my, my center for change that provides us a, it's a two day training as well. It teaches you how to ask open ended questions and reflective listening skills. We also, uh, help foot that bill for the community at no cost, uh, trauma resiliency training, trauma informed care, resiliency training. All these have a veterans component that's built into that for the organizations that we are training in the hopes that when they come across a veteran, they know how to ask a question, how to engage with that individual, and it gives them them soft skills and hard skills to carry a deeper conversation with them, and then more importantly, be able to connect them to resources in the community that can help. Yeah. So those are, we've talked a lot about the uh, types of training you're doing and what a person maybe at the grocery store, at their church, can do in their community to help a veteran. Well, what can that person do with ABCCM to join hands, to volunteer? How can they be a part? Also, maybe a veteran is listening, and you're talking about the importance of using veterans to help veterans. Yeah. How can that person, that veteran, uh, join arms with ABCCM as well? Yeah, well, ABCCM, we, we're very proud to say that we have a lot of volunteers that come in to be that force multiplier in the community. We're stronger together, and we're stronger as a community. So there's volunteer opportunities all the time uh, serving our veterans at ABCCM um, outside the norm. Like we, we have volunteers that come in and serve meals at our veterans restoration quarters uh, off Tunnel Road. But I think one of the unique things that we're doing this year is we're wanting volunteers to come in and to participate in our coordination and call center. Uh, ABCCM has the state, the only nation's only statewide comprehensive call center specifically for veterans. Uh, and so we operate that in all 100 counties. We have an office here in Weaverville uh, that answers calls. Last year, we answered close to 30,000 calls on behalf of veterans and their families to get them connected to those resources. We're always looking for veterans and volunteers to come in and help us with that crisis line to help them get connected to housing interventions, employment interventions, and sometimes just to sit and listen to that veteran. So there's all these opportunities that we have for volunteers to come in to serve meals, to help with outreach bags for our outreach team that does extensive outreach in the community, and even to take phone calls and sit with our coordination center and meet with veterans on a regular basis. Yep. I love it. I love it. So much ministry happening day in, day out, right here on the community level for veterans, by veterans, the community. Uh, it's all this big community-driven organization, and that's ABCCM. You can find them at abccm.org. Now, Brandon did allude to it. Of course, the veterans ministry is not just in Buncombe County, North Carolina. It's all across the state in every single county. So wherever you are, even a family member that you know is passionate about this, you can let them know that there is a way they can plug into their local community and help with a veteran um, in that area. So he's Brandon Wilson. He is the Chief Operating Officer at ABCCM. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Braxton. 
want to say a special thanks to our sponsor, Turner Business Appraisers. You can find them in Matthews, North Carolina or at turnerbusiness.com. You can also check out previous episodes of this podcast anytime at thelightfm.org or on the Light FM app. We hope you enjoyed today's community spotlight covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.